You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. And Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. You've been tweeting at Nada. You've been tweeting at me to ask us a couple of questions. We'll actually get to that later on in the second segment. But the first segment... The first bullet point I see in segment one on the Google Drive that Nada and I share to create content, the first thing it says is, let's talk about some damn Pacers. And I didn't type that. That is not something that I typed. It was Nada who did it, who actually is intrigued by a big man, not to select with the third overall pick, but to trade for using the third overall pick. Nada, how intrigued are you in this whole Miles Turner conversation that has arisen from uh, what we saw yesterday on the Twitter timeline. Well, look, Jared Weiss said, we got to start this. We got to roll this back a little bit. So Jared Weiss put out out there on the timeline that Victor Oladipo kind of looking to move on. Then a couple hours later, we look and, oh, yeah, Miles Turner also looking to move on. So therefore, at some point, in my brain, I decided, you know what? You know what I'm, we need to do? We need to bring Miles Turner to Charlotte. And I would even trade third pick for him. Because, again, I'm not going to be, and maybe this is just me, I am not so committed to the third pick to where I can't say, go get an established 24-year-old who has cap control for, I want to say, at least the next three seasons. Up until 2022-2023. Okay, so yeah, next next three next, at least next yep. two next three seasons. So I have a cap control big man who I know what I'm going to get. There will be no experimentation with PJ Washington and Miles Bridges at the four and the five combined, and I don't have to worry about drafting a center anytime soon. And my mentions were kind of on fire with the no 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 we do not do this for the third pick in this draft. And Walker, I just have one question. When did everybody start coveting this third pick in the draft so much? <laughs> I, I, I think it's been there a little bit. To read some of the comments responding to you, uh, Panthers underscore Mafia, Prima Malone, a friend of the show, somebody we reference quite a bit. He says, if Edwards or Ball is on the table, I'm gambling on potential. If this wasn't basically year one of the build, I would consider it a little bit more so. Jonathan DeLong, also friend of the show at The Hive, he says, for a center, not in this economy. He's saying that to you, Nada. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I don't know if you've ever heard of the mantra, wings win rings. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Seems like DeLong How subscribed How dare you? <laughs> he also said, Says, uh, he also says, I wouldn't use the third pick on any of the three. Um, I guess considering Wiseman, Akongwu, and, and even Miles Turner, I think is what he yeah. mentions. So, um, anyways, it says it's a uh, poor use of a very good asset, even though this draft sucks. The Hornets should try to take a swing at a guard or a wing. Uh, a couple of other comments that you had as well. Um, you know, some actually it looks a little 50 50 to me. So, here's where I am on this. Miles Turner intrigues the hell out of me. And I am uh, Indiana Pacers. I've got some love for the Indiana Pacers. Mm -hmm. I've got love for Miles Turner. The Pacers have constantly 
been rumored in maybe dealing either one of Sabonis or Miles Turner because the thought was you couldn't play both of these guys together. But then coming into the season, Nate McMillan and the Indiana Pacers apparently let it be known to everybody else. No, we're going to give this experiment a try. We're actually going to go big while everybody else is going small. And we're going to see if Sabonis and Miles Turner can actually play on the court at the same time. They've had some success in doing some things, but this is also the team that was the most archaic as far as its offense goes, shooting the least amount of three point shots this season. Miles Turner, as you mentioned, his cap hold, he is controlled for the next three years. And it's only at $18 million, which is only $3 million more than what Cody Zeller is making annually. And so uh, at 24 years old, still with promise to me, still where maybe offensively he could have a little bit of a better showing if he did not play with a DeMontis Sabonis on the court at the same time. I'm enticed, Nada. I think I would absolutely just kind of see what the Pacers would be willing to do. The contracts that would be the easier matchups. One, you could go with Terry Rozier. And so a thought process that I would have out there for you is if Mike D'Antoni does become the Indiana Pacers head coach, Mm -hmm. would he want somebody that could catch and shoot like a Terry Rozier has demonstrated in the last couple of years, certainly this past season, and then take on his contract that is shorter, by the way, that is also um, going down and declining the next couple of seasons, not on the books as longer uh, as long, and it's not nearly as much. And he can shoot three pointers um, a little bit better than Miles Turner has been able to showcase, certainly with the catch and shoot. Then is that something that would entice Mike D'Antoni? Would he rather have the rim running center that Cody Zeller could be too? Those are a couple of the salaries that do match up here, and so you and you put the third overall pick. And, um, and, you and know, maybe, or, or maybe you don't even have to like, I mean, I, I just, I'm trying to make the contract. I just, you know, miles Turner for the third overall pick, th- those are the two significant pieces in all of this. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if, if the Pacers would be willing to do that and if the uh, Hornets would be willing to do that. So I'm enticed, not, a, I, I would be down to do it. Um, that this, this would be something that I'd be okay with doing because miles Turner is a block champ. He's a former block champ. Uh, is a good defender and also has the ability to shoot threes. Even if it was a little bit down this season, a little bit below mm-hmm. 35%, it is someone that is a career 36% three-point shooter. And I'll take that from my seven-footer any day of the week. And more importantly, he's good enough to where he's good enough to affect your team, but he's not going to mess up the rebuild. We're not going to get, again, the big thing about the Hornets is even if you add a Miles Turner, what are you doing? Again, it's not going to upset the apple cart in terms of development to the point where they mess around and win 42, 43 games. And then you're going to find yourself in the, as the eighth seed. It still continues the process. And more importantly, as everybody knows, the dra- this draft is not the draft you want your start to pick high in. It's next year's draft. It's the Cal Cunninghams. It's the Jalen Greens of the world. You have to build yourself to that. And the sooner you build yourself to getting a star in that draft, the better, because I don't think you're getting a star in this draft. I want a solid center. The Hornets need a solid center, especially when we start talking about rim protection and rebounding, two things that the Hornets were lacking last year. I think Miles Turner is the easy play here, and even if it costs you three, it, it may not have to, but even if it does, I'm not so sure it's the worst thing in the world right now. 
Well, and then you talk about the big man prospects that could be taken at three with a Kung Wu and James Wiseman. I mean, Nada, I look at James Wiseman and think it's a win if he turns out to be maybe a better Miles Turner to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, a Kung Wu is a little bit different. I, I think they're different style players. Um, but I, I, I would be happy if either one of those guys had the same kind of impact that a Miles Turner has. And you know, maybe if even if they're just a little bit better, you know, it, it, it maybe you lose that trade. But man, I, I don't see you if if those were going to be the selections. I don't see you losing this trade. Like man, it was a really ugly loss that the Hornets took. The the way you lose that trade is if Wiseman or Kungwu become barely better than what Miles Turner can. Um, and so to me, I, I that's something that I would be willing to do. Now, if you want to select a Lamelo Ball or an Anthony Edwards instead, because you want to take a wing that does have the star potential, even though you might be scared that you might be scared to death over them then, you know, that maybe you want to swing for the fences. Okay, I get that. But yeah, I'm with you. 24-year-old Miles Turner that can hit three-pointers that also is a great uh, shot blocker. I know Bam Adebayo took it to him. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like that this past series did him any favors. You know, Bam Adebayo really, really uh, made Miles Turner look insignificant. Um, You know, I thought he bounced back maybe a little bit at the end of that. Um, And if you think a Kung Wu can be more of a Bam Adebayo type, then that might be something that scares you. I just don't think that we ever see a Kung Wu be able to handle the ball like Bam Adebayo and be able to pass like Bam Adebayo. I think that's a very unique skill set. And it's also a very unique growth that he showed. Like that doesn't happen all the time. Um, yeah, Nada, I'm with you. I, I think yeah, exactly. overall picks and play. And I would reach out to the Pacers to see if they're for real, for real about this Turner thing. Exactly. I would, again, I think we're going to see a lot of teams because of the money situation that are going to have to make some really hard decisions and have to be be the type to give up players for the cheap. And guess who has a whole load of cap space to do something like that? That'd be the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets could take on your problems just for the price of a pick in 2021. That'd be pretty good. We become the, the contract dumping spot over the next couple of years and gather assets like the proper small market franchise that we're supposed to be. So again, I like this. And the funny thing is we've spent more time talking about <laughs> Miles Turner than we have the Oladipo news, which is hilarious because we both agree no chance in hell you de- you deal for Oladipo. Yeah, especially with his, I mean, Victor Oladipo's contract is only controlled for one more year at 21 mm-hmm. million. And then what? You want him to leave after you give up something significant for him? No, I mean, Victor Oladipo is someone that does help you win right now in a way that does bleep up the rebuild and he could leave after just one season. And I'm not getting rid of assets to get Brett to get Victor Oladipo. And I don't know what the Pacers are doing player wise to give up um, a Victor Oladipo. And I'm worried about his injury. Yeah. I, I, as much as I love him and what he did for the Pacers a couple of years ago, I, I really hope he gets back to that. I just don't know if the injury that he suffered, the quad injury ever allows him to do so. I mean, he, the explosion and the in, improved shooting ability off the dribble that really what that's really what allowed him to become an all nba type performer and then to lose the explosiveness attacking the basket and to lose the explosiveness that allows you to become a, a really good defender too yeah i'm with you i i agree on both of your pacers takes here something we should also be agreeing on is just how good rockauto.com is rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules 
handbrake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Have some other Twitter responses we want to get to. Also, Lamelo Ball says he's not willing to change his shooting motion. How much should that scare you? We'll talk about it next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. But give me some positives. As that would annoy me as a head coach. I'd be like, look, you you can't lose to the Bulls by twenty and come away and go. Well, you know, let's look for some silver linings. Silver lining, game over. Next game. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We do appreciate you guys tweeting at us at Locked On Hornets at Not of the Scribe at Walker Mail. Some good question marks and honestly, some uh, good uh, uh, content to bring up as well. Eric Cooper tweeted at us yesterday, Nada, and he said, are you guys discussing the info about Dwight's influence over Monk that was hinted at in the Sports Illustrated story? So thanks for the tweet, one, Eric. But also, we did actually talk about this, as Nada would say, off wax before we went on and said, is it even worth mentioning? I didn't think it was even worth all that much mentioning, but if if people want to hear it, that's fine. I I guess my thoughts on this, first, let's go to the reference, okay? So Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, he was discussing the new role of Dwight Howard, basically how he ended up here with the Lakers. And Chris Mannix referenced that the relationship that Dwight Howard had developed with the Malik Monk um, influenced him and the Hornets were scared to death of that fact. In fact, here Mm -hmm. it is. He says, Chris Mannix says, quote, in Charlotte, Howard put up the kind of numbers that would have earned him a long-term extension. Instead, the Hornets dumped him because, quote, he didn't impact weaning, uh, winning, weaning. Oh, my God. Weaning. (laughs) Weaning. Yeah, We we got weaned off of Dwight Howard. Yes, exactly. Uh, He didn't impact winning a former team official told Sports Illustrated. Worse, the front office worried that Howard's attitude would rub off on the young players. Team officials chafed at the relationship Howard developed with Malik Monk, uh, Charlotte's 2017 lottery pick. Howard, with nearly a quarter of a billion in career earnings, led a flashy lifestyle. The Hornets, sources with direct knowledge of the team told Sports Illustrated, did not want Monk anywhere near it. So, having heard all of that, one, I, I don't know how much I put into this. I had never heard anything about this before. Yeah. Um, you know, if the, the character issues of Dwight Howard, I, I mean, they're well documented with a bunch of different stops throughout his career. I don't know if I look at, hey, Malik Monk was heavily influenced at this and Dwight Howard is the reason why he's been led astray. Like, I, I don't I don't know if if. Dwight Howard is the reason that Malik Monk was suspended by the NBA's anti-drug program policy. I don't know if that's the reason why Malik Monk has never figured it out. It just seems like a really easy answer and something to pile on Dwight Howard about. I don't know if if that's how you feel about it, Nada. Like, do you think there's too much credence to this? I mean, even if the Hornets felt this, I don't even know how much really the Hornets were like, oh my God, we got to get Dwight away from from Malik Monk. I just don't think it worked out. I, I think it didn't work with Nick Batum, who at the time had not become so useless yet. Um, you know, I, I, I just mm-hmm. think it didn't work out with Dwight, who was, you know, a ball stopper, who, you know, he didn't impact winning except for maybe a few games here and there that he actually was pretty good. 
Um, yeah, I just I think that was all more the reason as to why than this uh, Malik Monk influence thing. Like I don't I don't put too much credence into it because again, like it's like you said, there were a lot of other factors. The Malik Monk factor really wasn't there. To be quite honest, like Dwight got on everybody's nerves to the point where they came out the next year. And I remember this Walker. Remember where we were? They were like, "Oh no, Dwight wasn't a problem. Dwight wasn't a problem. Dwight wasn't a problem." Yeah, like ad nauseum to the point where we didn't believe them, any of them. That's yeah. how bad this got. So the Dwight thing, like I think Dwight's influence on Malik Monk is overstated. I would also point would like to point out this: there are a lot of play NBA players that live very flashy lifestyles that right. influence rookies all the time. If that was going to be a reason to get rid of Dwight, they would have had to get rid of everybody. So it's not just Dwight on that. So, uh, again, it's not an NBA-specific thing. I, again, I don't want to say Mannix was fishing. Maybe he heard it from a, uh, from a, a former official. That official, again, I, I just – I have – issues believing all of that quite honestly. Right. I agree. So do appreciate you, Eric, though, for tweeting at us and uh, want to get to something else that happened here. So Kevin O'Connor released mm-hmm. an article and on the, just basically just another mock draft, it looks mm-hmm. like. And then Kevin O'Connor in the headline of the tweet said that LaMelo Ball just said he's not looking to change his shooting form. That's concerning. Ball has a low a uh, wild release and perhaps the most inconsistent footwork you'll see. He's rarely balanced, which has led to low shooting percentages. It needs to change. And then because of that, Michael Gallucci tweets at us and says, I've been at peace and even excited with the idea of drafting ball at number three. But with this coming out, is that just one too many red flags? Question mark. If we see Edwards and Wiseman one and two, do we still take ball here? If he seems unreceptive to coaching, I don't know. I didn't hear the comments from Lamella Ball. I certainly read about them on Twitter. It didn't sound or didn't look like to me, Nada, that Lamella was flat out saying, I'm not going to change my shooting form. Mm-hmm. I don't think he came out and was adamant about it. I think if a coach really wants him to change his damn shooting form, I think that he'll probably do it. Maybe LaMelo Ball would be unreceptive to coaching, but I don't think that's the vibe that I got from all of this. And it is something that I'm worried about, just his overall shooting in general. I just don't know. I, I, I find a little bit more confidence in him you know, being able to change it and being responsive to it uh, rather than not. Like it, it just didn't seem hostile to me when he was saying that based on what I was reading from his comments. I, again... I saw that comment. I saw that quote. I saw the other quote about him, like basically being very like ambivalent to where he was going to play. And I got, I talked to a couple of folks that were there for that meeting. And it just sounds like the kid needs media training, quite honestly, like more media training. And I'm, I'm, I'm really just surprised that one of the ball children is like not very media savvy, but that's what sounds like. It's the case right now. But (laughs) But it sounds just like, again, he can say it doesn't need tweaking. He may be right. Um, But I think we're overthinking it with him. I really do think we are overthinking everything with uh, with LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to be fine. He does everything well, but shoot. And I think in number three, again, if he drops number three in this class, then it, I think it just makes too much sense, especially for a wing. 
I, I didn't notice anything from LaMelo in this in this in these questions that he answered that were red flaggy to me. He also talked about how he doesn't agree with his father on the Warriors not being a right fit. He said, My old man, he's his own man, he has his opinions, I have mine. Like that's I said, something I, that stood out to me in that in a good way. Yeah, he said, like I said, I feel like I can play on any team, anywhere is a great fit. Like I, I'm confused about why that's troubling to you. I like that. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I don't know what else. You don't want him to come out and say, well, I think Minnesota is the perfect fit because of this and that. Golden State, I, I don't know about all of that. I mean, people would be criticizing him for that, Nada. Like, why, why do you want him to be more specific on teams that are a better fit? I don't know. Again, it was just, again, when I hear, uh, yeah, I want to be, I want to be, I'm not sure I want to be in Charlotte. That does give you pause. Uh, again, the, the smoke has always been about him wanting to be in New York. And I get it from his father's perspective. He said, I'm not sure I want to be in Charlotte. I didn't see that. No, 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 no. Again, it it sounded like that. He did not say that. He did not say that. Hey, that would be huge. You know, exactly. Yeah. We would have heard about that. <laughs> but I would have, again, it sounded like he went, I'm not sure I want to be in Charlotte. I got more clarity on that answer. And it just sounds like this is an awkward scrum, press scrum. And he doesn't know how to handle that. And again, granted, it's Zoom. Not everybody knows how to handle Zoom this far in the, into the pandemic. So like, I get it. A lot of this feels like much ado about nothing. The jump shot thing makes you worry a little bit, but he does too many things well. Like Again, I'm going to continue to say this. He does too many things well for, this not to, for him not to be the pick at three if he's there. Yeah. Now, I, 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 the thing I agree with you the most on is, or at least I understand the most, is not wanting to think about this too hard. Who has the biggest star potential? It's Lamelo Ball. Then you take him. We because we do get an information overload on some of the of the other things that we can take in, and I get you on all of that with Lamelo Ball being there. The shooting does scare me. I also don't think that he's going to be so adamant to say screw you to an NBA head coach. I'm not going to change my jump shot especially if you have some vets on that roster, they're like, nah, man, you need to change a jump shot. The thing is broke. We need to fix it right here, right now, or else you're only going to be a mediocre player. And it reminds me of the Zach Lowe piece that he did on Kimba Walker when Kimba Walker was exploding here in Charlotte. And Zach Lowe mentions the Kimba Walker, Steve Clifford conversation where Mm -hmm. Kimba, it wasn't working out for Kimba when he was first changing it and he was getting crazy frustrated. He goes to Steve Clifford in his office and says, you know, coach, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't hit anything with this new shot formation. I'm, I'm going to go back to the old way. And Steve Clifford, you know, being as blunt as he possibly could said, that's fine. And you can be a mediocre point guard for the rest of your life. If you want to do that, then cool. But that's what you're going to be if you don't keep with it. And Kimba, to his credit, stuck with it and became one of the better three-point shooting point guards in all of the NBA. I, I, I wonder, I, I don't get the, the, the complete rejection to change his shot. Um, it just seems like, yeah, I'm not looking to do it. That's what it seemed like to me, Nada. So I, I wouldn't worry about it nearly as much either. Um, something else that you shouldn't have to worry about is being so stressed about what you're going to eat for dinner. Something extremely simple you can do is just download the DoorDash app, pick from one of your favorite restaurants in your area, and have them bring the food directly to your door. Right now, DoorDash is the app that can bring that food right to you that you're craving immediately. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting that they have. Deliveries are uh, contactless to keep communities that we all operate in as safe as possible. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and a $0 delivery fee 
on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off of your first order with DoorDash. Have one more segment to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I, you know, I just I spend some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah. Give me a new adjective and give me a plural noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun. Now that you mentioned it, how about? Uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the noun God, I was going to get. Plural noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Nana has this very weird braggadocious sense about him that he's saying, I told you so that Doc Rivers was going to get fired. When Nana, are you really going to take ownership over something that everyone was talking about? Is that something you're going to do on this podcast? Wait, hold on. No, you called me crazy. Again, there were people that say, no, I, you I did can't. not call you crazy for saying Doc Rivers should Fine. be the head there coach. Were, there were people that were calling me crazy for saying Bud should have gotten fired. There were people that were calling me crazy for saying Doc should have gotten fired. I, again, there were people. I can. I will point out the receipts later. Again, at some point, later point, I will bring up the receipts. That, again... Doc getting fired shouldn't have been the big surprise that it was yesterday at five o'clock. And yet here we are and people are clutching pearls and thinking like, like they got robbed or something like that, that Doc is gone. That was not a surprise. It should not have been a surprise. It was win or else. And the fact that people are trying to treat it like anything else than that is just, uh, you know what? I'm upset. I am upset. Yeah, I don't know why you're upset. And then if you want to show the receipts, you better show the receipts on me calling you crazy because I remember the conversation that we had on saying it wasn't a discussion until they lost to the Denver Nuggets, which is something I also believe you put on Twitter, agreeing with that sentiment. Not a, uh, you, need to, you need to settle down over there. That's fine. Not you do with this fine. Kind of river stuff. But um, I'm not surprised either. I mean... You're right. It was a winner else situation for the Clippers. And talking with Bobby Marks about this on the wake up call today, he said this was ownership driven and that there was some sort of embarrassment felt on behalf of Steve Ballmer, who did not trade all those first round picks to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to lose before they got to the conference finals. And if you're going to be the head coach of the team that massively underperformed due to the expectations, and maybe that's a little carried away because of the seven-game series that it took, but certainly nobody had them losing in the second round of the postseason. So you definitely did not live up to the expectations in any way. Steve Ballmer felt that he needed to go get someone that was going to take this roster to the promised land. And having this conversation with Molly on the wake-up call, too, she discussed the kind of star power that Kawhi Leonard might have over this, but it doesn't. But, but Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers in part because of, of Doc. Be, yeah. yeah, because Doc was the head coach, and that they could get Paul George and trade some of the first round picks that it took to get him. Um, but apparently, he had a good relationship with Doc. Apparently, players liked playing for Doc Rivers, and he's always been a player's coach. But Steve Ballmer is the owner, and <laughs> he's got a lot of money invested into this team. And he's like, no, we need to find somebody else that's actually going to get us to the NBA Finals and a conference finals for the first time in 50 years. So, yeah, yeah I, I think Doc Rivers does find a job pretty immediately, Nada. There's a lot mm -hmm. of openings out there. He is known as one of the better head coaches in the NBA. He doesn't, he doesn't adjust in the playoffs. We saw that against the Denver Nuggets. We've seen him blow leads. Like, I'm not even here to defend 
um, Doc Rivers and say he should have kept his job. I understand all of it. I do think he finds a job pretty quickly with all the openings that we have. Look, again, here's the thing. We pray for two jobs for Doc Rivers right now. It's New Orleans, and if not, he replaces Mark Jackson on on the broadcast. Those are the only two jobs I care to see him do. <laughs> Those are the only ones. Anything else? And now nah, we doing too much. We Doc was way so too good much. at the TV thing. Man. Yes, he is. He, he really was. And and you could tell even like he had some of that in his game when he was doing post game press conferences. Our guys mm-hmm. out at Locked On, uh, Lock, um, excuse me, Locked On Clippers. They were discussing how much they're going to miss the press conferences with Doc because he was so enlightening. He at least was giving you what his true feelings were, and he didn't have any problem um, speaking with the media as much. Um, and so, you know, Doc was somebody that apparently the media liked engaging with, and and so yeah, TV would be excellent. I ask you this though, Nada. You know, we mm-hmm. both agree that Philly is fool's gold, right? I mean, they've got yes. so that, many. They've that's got the so worst many. job. That's the worst uh, to me. That's worse than OKC. That's because it's a mirage. Because, yeah. because there's so much talent and it's going to come with expectations immediately and damn high ones. And once you're not able to get to the promised land there, then you've got pressure immediately. And if you don't do anything in the first year or the second year, then you're already on the hot seat. I completely agree with you. But as far as the best options for Philly, if, if any coach, let's just say just for this hypothetical, every coach would be receptive to that job. If you're Philly, where does Doc Rivers rank? Because there are some personality issues there, in my opinion, with Philadelphia that Uh Doc Rivers would be able to fix. But also, I think that there are crazy X's and O's problems with just the fit that you have with Joel Uh Embiid and Ben Simmons. And Doc Rivers isn't fixing that. So I think Ty Lue is the best option for Philly, even if it might not be the best option for Ty Lue. Yeah, exactly. It Ty Lue's their best option, but at the same time, another option, I'm going to go out of the box. I'm going to say Darvin Ham out in Milwaukee, who's been a butt assistant both in Atlanta and now in Milwaukee, and I think it's his time. I think if you're going to go with if if Philly, if you're going to hire a coach in Philly, you can't do the retread. You're going to have to bring in a fresh voice that hasn't really fully coached before. And if you're going to do that, it's got to be Darvin Ham or it's got to be Aime Udoka. It's got to be someone new because otherwise, look, that, that team is a mess anyway. And I'm not so sure about the leadership, nor am I sure about the ownership. I, yeah. I really do think that, again, if you're an established coach that wants to win, you're staying away from that job. You're staying away from that job completely. Yeah, I mean, it's so tough to figure out. And I I would agree that there are better jobs to be had just because of the immediate expectations. But I do think Doc Rivers is someone that does land with a team pretty quickly. Also, just referencing that Bobby Marks interview that we had, I asked him about the Devontae Graham extension, and I asked him about the Malik Monk possible extension that we Hmm. had talked about on this I heard I was right about this. For a little oh, bit, <laughs> you, I heard I was right about this. And you are—is is your hand sore from patting yourself on the back so nope. much from some of this stuff? Um, I didn't imagine so. Bobby did say that he would not extend Devonte Graham quite yet. He would rather see how this year goes and the salary cap settles out. And he said the same thing with Malik, which, by the way, you were wrong on. Yes, no, 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 no. I I knew that was coming, (laughs) but but again, but he did. He said that he would wait on both of those because he doesn't want the Devontae Grant because the the small cap hold that he has next year um, currently 
it would be a $10 million difference if they just decided to extend him. And I don't care about that. I mean, I look, you might think Bobby Marks is right, and I, I hear you. He's a smart dude. Um, it's not anything. I don't agree with it. I, I want to bet on Devontae. I don't really care about the $10 million coming off of the cap hole to me give me Devonte Graham at that kind of deal where I bet on him to be very much worth that deal. Even three, four years from now, if they offer him the four year 51 million, if, if that's what it would take to sign him, I mean, not, I'm cool with it, but Bobby March does agree with you. Again, here's the thing, Walker, the thing that you keep missing is that the 10 million in cap space, that may be the difference between getting a miles Turner and not getting a miles Turner. And here you are trying to ruin that. You wanted Miles Turner here in the first segment. Then you're going to try and ruin it by signing Devontae Graham to an extension. Which one is it? Is it going to be Uchiwali or is it going to be one Mike Walker? Which one? Pick one. Uh, don't, don't you quote, don't you quote <laughs> Blueprint 2 on me. No, I asked that question. You don't quote <laughs> Blueprint 2 on me because I think you can have it both ways. I think both are fine. Um, maybe not in the context you're bringing it up, but I think that both of the basketball decisions here are fine to uh, that, that, that both of those moves could be possible depending on what kind of trade it would be for miles Turner. I just, I'd want to hold on to the good thing that showed its face this year. And I, I am one that believes that Devonte Graham can continue to work on some of the big weaknesses in his game and uh, can be a, a pillar of the organization. I do. Now the Malik Monk thing, I, I, I can see why people would be a little yes. bit more skeptical on it. And, you know, he even said, maybe you offer him if, if you can get him for like six, 7 million a year, then, you know, you could do that. But because of the qualifying offer, and then um, he's not going to take no, it. Yeah, Malik ain't going to take all that. And so I, I thought that was a little interesting. And, you know, like okay, he he seemed to kind of dismiss that where Malik wouldn't wouldn't get lowballed and sign it, um, even if it doesn't seem like there's this huge market out there. Like I, I do wonder what the market is for Malik because the talent is no doubt there, yeah. but also you just don't know if you can trust him. You know, how many teams are willing to say you know screw it? Even if that's not the case, even if we do think the character issues are overblown, you know, just with the perception being reality in this instance, how many teams say, screw it, I don't care about the perceived character issues. The dude's got too much talent. He's so young, we can still get it out of him. Okay, fine. I'll go ahead and give you $10 million because you're the kind of guy I want to take a bet on. I wonder how many teams think that. Well, you know, again, here's the thing. We're, I don't think you're going to see too many $10 million offers for the next little bit. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I just wonder how many teams are out there. Like, I mean, the way that Bobby was talking, it did seem like maybe there would be more than I was thinking. But There's always the Knicks. There's always the Knicks. <laughs> uh, yeah, who apparently weren't interested enough to take them the first time, which was kind of shocking. But, yes, exactly. Um, um, but you're right about that. It, it really is fascinating what the Hornets do with those two young guys. Can't wait to see exactly how all of that unfolds. Thanks again for joining us here on this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again as well um, to all of our sponsors, rockauto.com, as well as DoorDash for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.